0: Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. What is your fascination with Peterson? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Dear future me, <laughs> don't go to the courthouse. The moral
1: of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat in a parallel dimension.
0: Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you.
1: <laughs> I'm Indian, I like every
0: comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frake's booth because I would get space herpes.
1: making, it. Make it, do it.
0: Uh, okay, mm-hmm. uh, you ready? Wow! How many how wow. many interviews have you done before? In my life? Uh, f- yes, none. None. Uh, good. We're at the same the same place. <laughs> uh, okay. So today I am here with Michael Avon Emming at Emerald City Comic Con, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, his comics and what he does in the comic book world. Um, I am not a comic book person, but I am an artist, so we're going to talk about art. Awesome. Uh, Say hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, So you do some pretty popular comics. Uh, They're not mainstream, I would say that, but they are definitely popular. Uh, One of them is Powers, Um, and my favorite, Mice Templar. Yay! Uh, (laughs) What are you working on now?
1: Um, We are uh, kind of finishing up the last arc of uh, this version of Mice Templar, um, which has been multiple huge epic uh, story, uh, story arcs uh, written by Brian Glass um, and uh, drawn at this point by Victor Santos who's a Spanish artist and uh, she's been doing the covers on those and kind of you know, going along for the ride having a lot of fun on that uh, Powers we kind of took a little hiatus while uh, Brian uh, Bendis was working very hard daily on the uh, Powers television show The Pilot um, oh
0: sweet! I forgot about that. Yeah,
1: we, so we we finally got that back into um into production. So we've got issues in the can. They're finally coming back out on a regular basis, and all of our fans who felt betrayed. Hopefully, we can make it up for them.
0: Betrayed? <laughs> I don't know. The only thing that I'm thinking of right now is that I'm just excited again.
1: No, like, we we were like, told we we betrayed people. <laughs> like, oh come some on! People, like, like they they people were 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 really mad because like it didn't happen. Um, after an arc or something, it was in the middle of a story that we just stopped putting issues out.
0: Yeah, uh, do people feel betrayed because it's turning into a TV show, or because no, just because I, it broke the story
1: arc? Because it broke the story arc, um, and also there's especially with independent comics, there's kind of a an unspoken relationship between people making the comics and the fans. You know, the fans are there to promise to support your book through their you know financial support and being there. And all we're supposed to do is really just deliver the product. Uh, and when you fail on that, you, it's, it's, it, is a, it is a little bit of a betrayal. Yeah. Um, but we're working very, very hard just to make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, we've, we've, with issue, beginning with issue 8, we've just started putting them out on an actual monthly basis and we're moving ahead on schedule. And we've got some pretty big announcements coming up for powers for the actual comic as well, um, besides the fact that it's, it's just going to be consistent. <laughs>
0: Consistency is good uh, yeah. but people if people really love it, I think they'll wait for anything you're
1: like, oh sure
0: whatever Ultimately, but yeah. I do
1: understand anybody who's upset, you know, so yeah. we're we're, yeah. we're with them on that or we feel your pain cool <laughs> well
0: I'm still excited regardless um and then the other my favorite is mice Templar. and i i have a i have a way that I describe Mice Templar, but mm. how would you describe what Mice Templar is, probably in the the
1: worst possible way is i i say it's it's like Lord of the Rings with mice um, I love mythology um, and retelling mythology is a, is a problem because it's been done so often um, and uh, the iconography is so easily identifiable and it's been a saturated market it's very hard to do something new with, with myth mythology in that time period and more even it's even with like mice well, that's what was you know, it? Like, we thought like, we were doing something completely original, and like at the exact same time, we were working on ours completely separately. Um, uh, David Peterson's uh, Mouse Guard was was being worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like this that uh, that Universal ID or what is it? The uh, um, I forgot what the, the hell that's called. My brain's slipping me right now. Um, oh, like where Carl, everybody's Carl people are thinking thing, the yeah.
0: same thing at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, But regardless, I mean, they're both great books, and they have a very different approach to it. But I think they they accomplish the same thing, which is they're able to revisit um, the mythology uh, genre in in a fresh perspective. Yeah. Um, Because both books have very specific rules that are set up very differently. Like, you can't tell either of those stories just by replacing the mice with people. Um, Yeah.
0: Um, because there's very intrinsic things that happen to mice. It, it's just easy
1: to say it that way. Their theology as well, you know, it's, it's built around um, you know, the nocturnal aspects of, of mice um, the mice predators and like how would that reflect the way mice which, like who your predators are in, in life reflects your mythology and stuff if you look at um, the Norse mythology, a lot of it's based on the winter cycle and when you can plant crops and you know when you have to survive and when times are abundant and stuff and yeah. if you translate that to any culture, you're going to get uh, different variations of it. And then if you translate anthropomorphically, it comes out pretty, pretty damn interesting. And I think Brian's done an amazing job. Uh, much he took it much further than I was taking it, so I'm super happy with that.
0: Um, so that brings me to a good point. How much do you influence the actual story of the comics that you work on? Um, I know other comic book artists uh, get a say in the script or even get asked, what do you like to draw? And then the writer influences the story accordingly. Do you do any of that?
1: I usually, on like all the stuff that I do that's creator-owned, um, I work very closely with the writers. Um, some of them, like on Powers at this point, you know, the, the the line between writer and artist starts to get blurred as both Brian uh, Bendis and I are, are passing the buck back and forth. On pages, and he has a lot to do with the artwork. I'm having a lot more to do with the story. We're kind of plotting the stories together now. Th- that's very interesting. Which, well, it, it especially on a book where there's no, we don't have a specific page count. We could do 22 pages an issue or 32 pages an issue. So, in, in me having more of a say, I'm able to concentrate on more parts of the story that uh, that could be more specifically me. If that makes any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with Brian Glass, I had written a very tight outline for a six issue arc which he then turned into like a 30 issue thing <laughs> so uh and it's basically the same story but he just made it much larger in the sense of the depth of the characters the depth of the world um and since that moment basically he writes it and i i wouldn't even say that oversee it in any way i just agree with him or disagree with him or something there's nothing we really ever disagree on brian's taking the book under his own wing and 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 has run with it, and um, I still feel like it's it's just as much as uh, a part of me as Powers.
0: So you you think that overall being that having that communication just makes a richer, better world and a better comic overall? Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are times when you can be incommunicado with your partner, and you're you're creating something uh, um, special because of that miscommunication, um, and that happens a lot on on mainstream books, I think, where you don't really have the permission or the the lifestyle in which you can... Brian, Brian Bendis and Brian Glass and I were, were, were best friends. Uh, I, I spend vacations with, with Bendis and I'll stay at Brian's house when I'm out there and stuff. Uh, so we have a super tight relationship and it's just, uh, that's definitely different than when I'm you know drawing something for, for Marvel.
0: Yeah, like getting handed a script. It's much yeah. more sterile and there's a lot more you have an art director and you have, yeah i mean you probably work with an art director maybe maybe, no, maybe not. the editor but they just
1: they mainly care about the the deadlines so <laughs> um and and i'm very respectful to any writer i work with even if, if it's not a creator own thing and even if i want to take something in a slightly different direction i make sure i get to the same point and i'm not doing the, anything that's antithetical to what the, the writer is trying to accomplish yeah um, so if I, even if i condense two pages into one or take one page and make it to two, it's still going to have the same message and I'm not going to throw the writer for a, a loop. It's just about pacing.
0: So it Sounds like a very living process, which is it's mm-hmm. very cool and it shows in the comics. It, uh, Thanks. They, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings me to my next question which is, uh, how did you get into making comics, making art for comics?
1: I, I was very, very lucky. I was, I was struck by the, the want to be a comic book uh, artist and creator at a very, very early, well not very early age compared to other people, but uh, I was like 12, and uh, we moved from New Jersey to Texas, and it was a big culture shock for me. Even though I was born in Texas, I, I was very much born and raised, or raised in Jersey, and um, I couldn't adjust to the culture at all. Um, I didn't want to. and uh, I was being very stubborn about it. Locked myself in my room, found some comics at a flea market, and I just obsessed over them. And very quickly, just started tracing the comics, and then from tracing comics to copying them and drawing them. And uh, I knew by the by the time I was 12, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, 12 or 13, I knew this was it. There, there just wasn't any other options for me. Uh, yeah. I was obsessed with it to an unhealthy degree.
0: <laughs> to an unhealthy degree. Uh, well, it, it's, in a way, uh, that's okay. I It think. worked, it, it worked it out in the long run.
1: But, you know, I, I definitely did stuff. Like, I was cutting school to stay home and draw. Or I would stay up so late I couldn't get up for school. Um, you know, <laughs> uh,
0: despite what a parent would say about that or like a teacher would say about that. I think a lot of artists in the world and a lot of people who are extremely successful about what they do have encountered the same thing where it's yeah. people are like, what you do is unhealthy and you shouldn't be doing it. And then you're like, watch me. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> going to do this. And, you know, you know what? I don't care if I don't have health insurance. Like, <laughs> screw you. I yeah. want to draw comics.
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, but, I th- but I have seen other people who, who basically have the same sort of lifestyle, but they were able to uh, balance those things better. You know, um, I don't consider myself have, had, having had a social life until my late 20s or so because, uh, you know, I was just so obsessed with, with drawing and stuff. I, I missed out on a lot. Yeah. But it worked out. It's fine. and yeah. You know, I'm living now and that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it is an interesting sacrifice. Like, what are you willing to give to your art, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, what were the comics that influenced you early on when you were obsessed with them?
1: Earlier on, there was two major things. One was uh, Nexus, the comic book by Steve Rude and Mike Barron which to this day I think is still one of the best uh, best comics, comic series that, that have ever been done. Um, and it was also a creator own series, which stuck into my head early on, which was I want to make something that's my own. Um, and I think it also interest, it influences me to the extent that it was superhero but not superhero – uh, so it seems like I do a lot of stuff that that touches on superheroes, but it's not hardcore, you know, capes and stuff. I
0: was just gonna say, huh? That sounds a lot like powers. Yeah,
1: yeah. And other things that I seem to develop are, are very much along those same lines. Yeah. Um, the other thing that influenced me hugely was uh, one artist, this guy named uh, Art Adams, still doing amazing stuff. But he, it was like being struck by lightning when I saw his work. Uh, I saw X manual Nine and New Mutants Number Two and. I was just obsessed with it and I didn't even want to look at anybody else's art. I only wanted to to, to draw like Art Adams and be Art Adams and I was just really obsessive over it. And, you know, I I eventually grew to other stuff but it it just, that fed me a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's there's something to be said about uh, being influenced by an artist very heavily um, it's classic art school thing. You do you go to school and you do a master study uh, in yeah. the way that that is very healthy and to learn how get into the mechanics of how another artist does their work.
1: Yeah, the, the, the you know some of the, the the classic guys just started copying each other. I mean, that's how yeah. that you were supposed to draw exactly like the master that you or paint exactly like the master that you studied under, and then you know you found your own way after that. Yeah, um,
0: and it's weird because you know in our culture there's a very heavy. Uh, Taboo around copying other people's work because sure. of copyright. I mean, there's copyright. There's law in place um, that just kind of like reinforces the fact that you're not supposed to copy someone else's work. But yeah. uh, in you know, if you look at like uh, you know, feudal Japan and all of their their work, it was very heavily influenced to a point where you couldn't tell between the artists. Yeah, and yeah. you know, some of that is unhealthy, but at the same time, you over in the end, it is a healthy exercise to sort of delve into exactly what someone else has done to an obsessive point you obsess over the tiny details it's still it's
1: it's a learning process
0: yeah uh what do you what do you uh are there comics that you're looking at today that you're influenced by
1: um mostly what influences me now is artistic attitudes so there are artists out there who just they live a life that's reflected in their comics um, and their enthusiasm for those comics um drawn a blank right now. I mean, Paul Pope is a really good example of that. Um, but there are lots lots of other guys um, of different, of varying ages who, um, and the art means so much to them. And not on some sort of deep angst bullshit kind of level. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's the way they choose to live their life. Um, yeah. And what art means to them as opposed to, th- there, are, there are some artists who I love who treat their art very blue collar like and I'm, I'm astounded by that. I don't even understand that relationship. Just like, <laughs> like
0: uh, I mean, they're, they're, I can think of a lot of artists who do that. Like I just I go to work, yeah. I go to work I and I make get, art. Yeah. Like a yeah. clock in, I clock out. Yeah, and in the end, I get paid. And yeah. that's well, hopefully that is lucky. a very, <laughs> very yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I mean a lot of people. Are like, yeah, I got paid. That's great. I can eat food and yeah. survive. <laughs> and uh, I personally, in my
1: art, I'm not like
0: that. Yeah, I I, I I do I create what I love, and then people like it too. Yeah. You know, that's so
1: that's that's a good way to be. I do, see admire the, I do admire the guys who can do that, who can who can do the other thing. yeah, you know? um, yeah it's a it's a different set of skills. Uh, and, and there is there's lots of art that, that does turn me on right now and, and I, I get pretty influenced by. Um a lot of commercial art now has been making me very really interested. It's, um, that's why I look forward to going to the, the limited gallery tonight. Sweet, um, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of that stuff I'm looking at. That's that's got me very excited.
0: Uh, I mean, we we should plug that uh, 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 limited gallery in Seattle uh, is having an art exhibition. Uh, it's called Meat Condition tonight. Uh, I'm part of it, Micatron, and there, oh, my my neighbor Scott C is part of it. And there's a bunch yeah. of other really great artists that are going to be there. And it stays it's up possible there for a while. that when we speak about, yeah, it's going to be there for uh, like. I think it's going to be the two up for two months. I'm not sure, but That's awesome. it's possible the the gallery exhibition. It's likely that the gallery exhibition will be dated when we we broadcast this, but sure. uh, it's worth plugging anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for your interview. Uh, awesome. I, I'm <laughs> Micatron, and I'm here with Michael Avon-Emming, who is a stand-up guy. Go read Powers and Mice Templar. Yeah. They're awesome.
1: Thanks, Micatron. And if, if you don't know, Micatron is an amazing artist. I met <laughs> you last year here. And yeah. He was blown away by it. We've got to hang out. i got to... <laughs> uh, so
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i got to tell... This, before the end of in the interview here, uh, i got to tell the story. Uh, there was a big big old line the whole weekend and i'm at my table and i was like who is this line for in front of my table the whole weekend like you guys are in the way i mean it was all right it was all right because people were standing in front of my work and looking at them i was like well who's in them and then uh michael comes up to my 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 table is like this art is awesome and i was like it's like oh yeah we get chatting a little bit and i was like oh so are you at the con or something He's like, yeah i'm over there and he points to the
1: the table i was like <laughs> Oh, I was pointing at David Whoa. Maxline. I think it was David Maxline. Was it David Maxline? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like People were lined up for you, though. so uh, That's cool. Yeah, thank uh, you. I appreciate uh, it.
0: But, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. So, stand up guy, <laughs> oh, go nice. read the comics. And thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Mike. Working making better, faster, hunger. after our work is <laughs> never over. better, faster, hunger.